the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday show of the Dennis Prager Show. Breitbart, which is a superb source of news, superb. Of course, it's maligned by the left. Prager U is maligned by the left. There is no conservative outlet that is not maligned by the left. So it's therefore irrelevant. I'll say this. Mainstream conservative versus mainstream left. Who has been telling more truth in the in the last ten years? It isn't even a contest. Anyway, here is uh, something to help un- people understand. People don't want to understand what's happening. The video that I made for PragerU in 2014, nine years ago, is as if I made it today, explaining the Middle East conflict, one side wants the other side dead. That is the refrain of my presentation of five minutes. There are probably 20 million views of that video, which is very heartening because it can influence an open mind, because it's true. One side wants the other side dead. If you deny that after October 7th, then there's nothing to be said. It's probably not worth watching the video. Moderate, moderate, in quotes, Palestinian authority calls to murder Jews, fight the Jews, and kill them all. In a startling revelation, an official document recently published by the generally called moderate Palestinian authority, is shown to outline explicit calls for the murder of Jewish individuals as it calls on imams to incite violence against Jews in Friday sermons, citing a religious text for Muslims to fight the Jews and kill them all. That's both in quotes. The document published Friday by the Palestinian Authority's Ministry of Endowments and Religious Affairs provides comprehensive instructions for imams to incite violence in their weekly religious sermons, including inflammatory rhetoric and and a message to kill the Jews. Wow. Well, and they have it here in Arabic, which I could read with don't really understand, and they provide the English version. 
imploring the Palestinian populace to uphold the preservation of public and personal property, framing it as a religious, moral, and national duty. It advocates for continued resistance. We call upon our Palestinian people, despite the pain and tragedies, we cannot raise a white flag until the occupation is removed and the independent Palestine state is established with Jerusalem as its capital. Now, understand, please, that occupation is removed is double talk, because they believe all of Israel is occupied land. It's not just the West Bank, and the reason for the West Bank being occupied is that Jordan, which ran the West Bank in 1967, which owned it, uh, declared war and attacked Israel, and Israel simply was then in possession seven days later or six days later of the area. What was Israel supposed to do? Really? What was Israel supposed to do? When Israel did give up land and got peace, it was happy to do so. It gave up the whole Sinai Peninsula, rich in oil, which Israel didn't have. Gave it up to Egypt. How many people talk about that? How many Harvard seniors know that? How many Harvard seniors majoring in modern history know that? How many seniors majoring in Middle East history know that? My assumption is that in terms of what is important to know, virtually no student at virtually any college knows anything. What I just told you should be known by every student. Israel gave up a gigantic piece of land for peace because Egypt promised real peace. Israel, people don't remember this either. Israel abandoned Gaza. And the first thing they did was destroy everything that the Israelis had built there, even though it would have been good for their economy. The text cites the Hadith, Hadith, Islamic oral tradition, that incites the murder of Jews. Quote, The time will not come until the Muslims fight the Jews and the Muslims kill them, until the Jew behind, hides behind the stones and the trees, and the stones or the trees say, O Muslim, O servant of God, This is a Jew behind me. Come and kill him. I don't know if any such text in Christianity or in Judaism with regard to an existing group of people. It is true that the Israelites killed the Canaanites. They didn't wipe them out, by the way. They reappear regularly, or at least reappear. And uh, anyway, if you're not a Canaanite, there's really nothing to worry about. Or a Gilgamite. Uh, I, I went on a Gilgamite website the other day, just nothing was there. The document was exposed Friday by the research departments of Hakol HaYehudi, That means the voice of the Jew, or the Jewish voice, really. New site and the Regavim movement, NGO, who likened its statements to a virtual declaration of war. 
The disturbing development indicates that the supposedly moderate Palestinian Authority appears to endorse a perspective paralleling that of Hamas, with both groups unified in their animosity toward Jewish communities, thus dispelling any illusions of a fundamental distinction between those two. That's right. But none of this seems to matter. It has also ignited concerns over potential escalations in violence against Jews, especially given the dangerous implications of granting control over territories like Gaza to such entities. Why is the United States now calling for $100 million of new U.S. funding to Gaza? Isn't that a reward for what they did? Do you understand it that way? Well, I talked yesterday about the articles in the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times of progressive Jews feeling abandoned by the progressive community which is supportive of Hamas and the eradication of the Jewish people in Israel because they were so naive about leftism. Leftism hates Israel, just like Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran do. And as I point out in my column today, the Tuesday column, you can see it at my website, you can see it at townhall.com. As I point out, the desire to wipe out Jews has been true in every generation from some quarter. And in this generation... It is of a, a, a large swath of the Muslim world and the left. Jews who are on the left, and I'm not talking about liberal Jews. Liberals, I always make a distinction between liberals and left every single day. Jews who are on the left have been pals with really bad people and bad movements. And now they're, su- now they're surprised. The ability of people to fool themselves appears to be limitless. And that is what many Jews did, American Jews, with regard to the left. Will it be a wake-up call? Mm, among a few. A lot of people have deluded themselves about the left. This show is not one of them. We continue. My friends, I want to tell you about one of the most influential books of my life. In fact, it's on my list of the 10 books that most influenced me. And it's just been re-released. George Gilder's Men and Marriage. George Gilder has been clear about the stakes for the family since 1974. Fifty years later, the need of the hour remains. Men who take responsibility for themselves, men who love their wives, men who raise their own children, men who tackle the workforce, motivated by their family and the needs of others. Without fathers, our civilization will simply sink back into the Stone Age. We need to bring dads back or else. 
Get your copy of George Gilder's classic book, Men and Marriage, today at dadsareback.com. Civilization is built by men with families to feed. Yep, without the dads, we're toast. Get George Gilder's book at dadsareback.com. I call on you, my friend. I call on you, my friend. Bill Maher, who must live in a state of cognitive dissonance because he's been on the left his whole life, but he's, he's a liberal. He has not put two and two together that the left, which he regularly excoriates, uh, is truly the enemy of liberalism. That, that's the two and two that liberals have to put together. Jewish liberals who have sympathy for leftist causes uh, will they put two and two together? Their enemy is leftism? Mm, I don't know. be interesting to see. In any event, here is Bill Maher from Friday night. And finally, new rule as an Ivy League graduate who knows the value of a liberal education, I have one piece of advice for the youth of America. Don't go to college. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to keep interrupting because it's so good. It, if you found out that I wrote this script, you would believe it. <laughs> Just let's say that. It's eerie. It is eerie how, how uh, similar. Even sometimes the word, of course, I didn't write it. I don't even want to imply that. I'm just saying it, it, it sounds like I did, and it is, it is remarkable to hear it from him. Yeah, you. Yeah, Sean even thinks it was pulled from stuff I've said over the years. It doesn't matter. I, I'm, the only point is worth making. The similarity is is remarkable. Yep, don't go to college. How long have you heard me say that sending your kid to college is playing Russian roulette with their values? Twenty five years, at least. Let's go on. And if you absolutely have to go, don't go to an elite college, because as recent events have shown, it just makes you stupid. Okay. Now, that's really eerie, because I have said college makes you stupid. By the way, the left has excoriated me for saying that. College makes you stupid. The left is, is, a, is proof. College not only made them stupid, and this is not meant as an attack. Of course it's an attack. But it's not meant as an attack. It's meant as either true or not. If it's not true, you should never listen to me. If it is true, you should never listen to the left. Okay? I mean, I'm making it as as clear as binary. Yes, I'm a binary believer in most cases. As possible. Either the left is right or I'm right. We can't both be right. All they do is destroy. If I'm wrong, never take me seriously. If I'm right, never take them seriously. But you can't just dismiss it. Decide. That's right. College makes you stupid. That is correct. If Bill Maher says it and his audience applauds, that is a major gain in America. They are wastelands, most of our universities, morally and intellectually. They have more administrators than students. And these administrators could have been trained in Beijing. All they are are mind manipulators of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and teaching that all whites are racist and other racist doctrines. 
Your children are taught scummy ideas at college. Some of their kids will not be affected. A, they have already been aware of this and you or others have taught them, like PragerU, to be honest. Or they were drunk most of the time and heard nothing. Those are the only two groups that are not adversely morally affected by the left-wing-run universities. Bill Maher is right. College makes you stupid, and the more elite, the more stupid. Continue. There are few, if any, positives to come out of what happened in Israel, but one of them is opening America's eyes to how higher education has become indoctrination into a stew of bad ideas, among them the simplistic notion that the world is a binary place where everyone is either an oppressor or oppressed, in the case of Israel, oppressors being babies and bubbas, the same students who will tell you that words are violence and silence is violence were very supportive when Hamas terrorists went on a rape and murder rampage worthy of the Vikings. They knew where to point the fingers at the murdered, and then it was off to ethics class. That's right. Good one. Now, now I recognize that a certain amount of foolishness is expected of college kids, but Mixing Jägermeister and tomato juice isn't the same as siding with terrorists. <laughs> 34 student groups at Harvard signed a letter that said the apartheid regime is the only one to blame, proving they don't know what constitutes apartheid. They don't know much of anything, actually. That's right. But it doesn't deter them from having an opinion. That's They've convinced right. themselves Israel is the most repressive regime in history because they have no knowledge of history or even a desire to know it. And actual history doesn't come up in their intersectionality of politics and gender queer identities class. <laughs> now, to be fair, at least five of the student groups have rescinded what they signed, saying they didn't read the letter closely. And they promised not to make that mistake again after they graduate and start running the world. But. actually believe them that they didn't read the letter closely. I think they scanned it, said it was blaming Israel, and went back to surfing TikTok. <laughs> because college life today is a day spa combined with a North Korean re-education camp. Hold on. That is a precious, that is truly precious. College is a day spa combined with a North Korean re-education camp. <laughs> That's that's a keeper. Just that line, Sean, enters the Hall of Fame. Just that. Periodically, when I talk about colleges, those words. Continue, please. It's a daycare center with a meal plan, except the toddlers can fire the adults. The fact that college presidents, who usually love to speak out about anything, couldn't find their voice to condemn the worst attacks in the Holocaust is a lot about who really controls colleges and why, if ignorance is, is, is a disease, Harvard Yard is the Wuhan wet market. This was a question I posed yesterday of a Harvard grad student. Will Harvard's reputation take a permanent hit? Back in a moment. 
when the government used emergency edicts during COVID to restrict the gathering and worship of churches. Three pastors facing the risk of imprisonment, unlimited fines, and their own churches being ripped apart took a courageous stand and reopened their doors in the face of a world that chose to comply. The Essential Church is a feature-length documentary that explores the struggle between the church and government throughout history. This fascinating story uncovers those who've sacrificed their lives throughout history for what they truly believe in. Rediscover why the church is essential and how we prove that this stand remains true from a scientific, legal, and most importantly, biblical perspective. This is not your typical movie. It'll change your life. You need to see this movie with your friends and family. The Essential Church is streaming today exclusively at SalemNow.com. That's Essential Church, streaming at SalemNow.com. Carrie Lake is announced that she is running for the U.S. Senate from Arizona, and I have her on the line, and if you're watching, you can have the good fortune of seeing her as well. Hi, Carrie. Good morning. Hello, Dennis. Good to be with you again. Let me let me ask you about your state. You have essentially a two senators and a governor that are Democrats. Is that correct? I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say. Okay. Why? Yep. Is it truly that blue a state? Well, I don't believe it is. I mean, I think, you know, if you followed our campaign that we have a movement and our movement is America first here in Arizona. The people here love President Trump. They love his policies that secured our border for the first time in in decades. They loved his policies that created a strong economy. They loved his policies that created safe streets. So I believe it is still a red state and a state that wants common sense um, solutions to the problems we have. These problems aren't impossible to fix. Uh, It's just we get the politicians who get in the way. Unfortunately, we have had a mess when it comes to our elections here. There's no secret about that. The whole world saw it. They saw it in 2020 and again in 2022. And that's why I continue to fight in the court system to remedy that so that we can have honest elections going forward. You know, the people showed up, they did everything right, they got involved, and then on election day, wow, none of the machines worked, they all failed, the printers were printing the wrong ballots, and there were four and five and six hour lines. We can't go on as a country much longer when our elections are run like we're living in a banana republic. So I'm still fighting that, and and hopefully we can get some honest elections, and then the will of the people, we will see that play out in our government. And I think we'll start to get some common sense solutions and and less of these um, swamp creatures. If you could have three wishes with regard to voting, uh, I'm putting you on the spot because I'm asking you for three things immediately. (laughs) But I I am curious, what, what would you like to see enacted, not just in Arizona, in any given state? What would be what would be your wish list? I would love to see. Election day voting, not election month, where we use paper ballots, we give IDs to prove who we are. Can I go four? Yes, and, and yes, name a you, you can go five, <laughs> yes. We hand count right there on the uh, election night, and we have the results before we go to bed or by midnight. So I want my listeners to, I did not know what you would say, I agree 100%. 
Why doesn't it tell people all they need to know about the Democratic Party that they oppose everything you just said? Why, why is that not well, determinative? I think your listeners already know the answer to that. The Democrat Party is, first of all, it's not the same as the Democrat Party of yesteryear. It is a party that is pushing um, right straight out Marxism. And their policies are disastrous. That's why we're living in the world uh, that is so dangerous right now. We're on the precipice of World War III. Our borders are wide open. We have an invasion in our country. We have uh, crime that's out of control on our streets. We've got the drugs pouring in, the homeless population growing. You know, I could go on and on with the problems. These are Democrat policies playing out, and they just don't work for the people. They don't work. Joe Biden has us on a fast track to total destruction. As I said, when I announced, I'd like to put him on an Amtrak back to Delaware, and I'd like him to take all of his friends, like Kirsten Sinema and Ruben Gallego, who are running for Senate here in Arizona, and I'd like them to get on the Amtrak with Joe and let some people who actually love this country and want to solve these problems get busy in Washington to do that work. So I, I, wanna re I want just to return to that. I want people listening to ask members of their family or friends who are Democrats, do you oppose paper ballots? <laughs> why, did, why was a change ever made? What is more well, secure? They, they, had yeah. to. They, had to, they had to make elections so complicated, and that's what they are. They are so complicated now. You've got the tabulator machines. You've got various types of printers. You've got voting centers. You have to figure out, where do I go to vote? It used to be, Dennis, you just went to the, the church or the elementary school right around the corner. We voted in small precincts, so it was very easy to detect fraud. You had a small voter uh, list that you could... Uh, match the name and the ID too. It was very secure and it worked. You know, we've been voting with paper ballots for hundreds of years, or, you know, since we've had paper, we've been voting with paper ballots. It's very simple. They had to make it complicated so they could inject various levels of fraud in our voting right. system. Right. Well, all right. They We're going to continue. It out over a month. We'll continue. They had to drag it out yeah. over a month. That's right. That's so key. Back in a moment with Carrie Lake. Carrie is back, Carrie Lake in uh, in Arizona. Have you followed the Arizona state issue uh, with uh, Charlie Kirk and myself? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, when when Robert Kiyosaki and you and, and Charlie were going to speak at ASU, uh, and Robert became aware that they were trying to ban you, he reached out to me, and I put. Um, everything I could in motion to start getting some media to cover because, you know, the media wouldn't cover it. And I helped Robert get um, a lot of good media and honest journalists to come in because there's a few honest journalists out there. And they started covering the story and getting it out there. And, um, and, and I think uh, getting that coverage actually helped save that speaking event that was so important for people to be able to hear. And now I'm following what's happening um, with Charlie uh, and and these outrageous professors that are bra brainwashing and damaging the minds of our children over at ASU and other campuses, frankly. So I spoke uh, before the uh, Arizona State Senate uh, in, in Phoenix, and I just want my listeners to know that talk is on uh, the Internet. 
that they that 37 professors out of 45 i believe it is at barrett college it's an honors college and i and i talked about and wrote about the the garbage that so many of them write and that they called me a white nationalist i mean i lost relatives to white nationalists as a jew mm-hmm. they are in effect these prof- 37 professors basically called me a Nazi. Now, I'm not hurt by it. Uh, I, I'm hurt for the state, the sixth state of Arizona State University, that that is the moral and intellectual level of so many of their professors. Well, I mean, they're hiring people based on um, diversity, equity, and inclusiveness, or whatever they call it, DEI. I call it DIE because, you know, you're going to watch um, you're going to watch free speech die. You're going to watch pure education, fundamental education. That's die. good, by the way. Invert the. That's good. I should do that. Diversity, inclusion, <laughs> equity die. <laughs> that's good. When you when that's how you hire people, um, you're you're destined for failure, right? You're destined for failure. Actually, that's a very racist way to hire. You're basing hiring on someone's skin color. Uh, I think people want to be hired based on their ability. I would want to know if I were hired for a job, I was hired based on my ability. So it's horrible what's happened. And I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't blame you. You talked about these students doing stupid things and you're watching them uh, march in support of absolute barbaric terrorists. And I want to blame these students. You know, that's the easy way out is to say, oh, these these students are terrible. Oh, what, you know, this is horrible. I blame politicians and our education system that we have continued to fund an education system that has brainwashed our kids K through 12. And then the cherry on top, when they go off to college, they get the final doses of brainwashing and indoctrination. And, you know, we're expecting a lot from our kids to come out of this system, this education system, intact and, and intelligent. It's impossible almost. And so the ones who do come out intact, God bless them. And, and maybe somewhere along the way, their parents did something right. I know, and I've told you this, Dennis, when my kids were little, if they wanted to play video games for an hour or two hours, if they wanted to do um, something fun, go somewhere fun, we always made them watch you know, anywhere between three to five PragerU videos. And I really, truly believe that that is what helped keep my kids from falling to the indoctrination at school. Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. That's that's the other thing. I mean, the, the stuff that PragerU was accused of relentlessly in the media. So what's your final message? You're running for Senate because... Well, I'm running for Senate because I really believe we just have one year left to save our country. I hope we can get to make it to the elections. And and I know what happened in our elections, and I think that was a way for um, kind of the powers that be to keep an outsider like myself out of politics. And I believe that I need to stay in. I'm needed right now. We need outsiders who are brave, who will fight for our freedoms, who will fight for our Constitution, and will fight to deliver the government back to we the people. And that's exactly precisely what I will do. I don't want to be a career politician. I want to go in and help President Trump get his America First agenda um, firmly planted and and so it can grow and we can have um, our country back. And so that's why I'm going there. 
and I'm looking forward to the year ahead. It's going to be a battle. I'm ready to duke it out, but I refuse to surrender another hill to uh, what I believe is is communism and globalism, which is at our door. They are. Thank you, Carrie, and good luck. Thank you. God bless you, Dennis. Thanks for having me on. Yes, indeed. As I always say, when people say, God bless you, I say, he has. That's my standard answer. Well, I will say this. The U.S. is the greatest creator today of toxic ideas. I am ashamed and sad to say. It is also the biggest creator of anti-toxic ideas and fight. There is no conservative movement on earth like that of America, just as America is the leading manufacturer of sick ideas like men give birth. It has spread, but it's come out of our university system. It's an interesting question for people to ponder. If only science, technology, engineering, and math remained and people had to get a liberal arts education, which I deeply believe in. If you don't know history, you're a dangerous human being. Nevertheless, if the colleges of the country closed down, do you think the moral and intellectual level of Americans would increase or decrease? Would the amount of dangerous and stupid ideas increase or decrease? What was Bill Maher's description? A day, uh, a, a, a day spa with North Korean propaganda, North, with North Korean re-education. If Bill Maher says that, it means it has finally seeped down what I've talked about for 40 years, the moral and intellectual de- degradation of our colleges. If Bill Maher can get away with it and get applauded, It's a good sign. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream bed sheets. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcasts square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager. I'll hear the end of the, the Bill Maher monologue about the universities. It's really been funny and powerful. Not that colleges didn't always have professors with radical beliefs. I know, I used to sell them weed. But the reason why despising Israel became pretty much a requirement of the American left is colleges, elite colleges. 
the mouth of the river from which this and all manner of radical left, illiberal, yes, illiberal nonsense flows. Supporting all black, that is, segregated dorms, segregated graduation ceremonies and orientation programs, which occur on hundreds of campuses, is illiberal. So is the racism against Asian applicants and chasing speakers off of campus. <laughs> when the First Amendment Watchdog Group Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression began ranking colleges based on their commitment to free speech and inquiry, Harvard came in dead last. There's only one set of acceptable opinions on campus, and it's policed hard. The old dorm room bull sessions, <laughs> it's less risky shooting the in Scientology. John, John Stuart Mill wrote that he who knows only his own side of the case knows little, to which today's college students respond, he and his are cis pronouns. Great, great line. That commit violence against queer and BIPOC communities, so who cares what John Stuart Mill says, whoever he is? Oh, and Thomas Jefferson was a slaveholder. He might have done some other stuff, but it wasn't on the test. <laughs> elite schools should no longer be called elite. Just say expensive. <laughs> well, it's pretty devastating stuff. Yep, they learned to despise Israel at college. Israel is a free and open liberal society. Hamas is a totalitarian, Nazi-like regime. And college students increasingly support them. This is a, uh, this is a clarifying moment in case you needed one. Because college life today is a day spa combined with a North Korean re-education camp. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. On a personal note, and I haven't noted this generally, 
But for whatever reason, it hit me today. It's my mother's birthday, October 24th. She's uh, gone for a number of years now. But it does uh, it does make you think. It's funny that, that my parents' birthdays are indelibly marked in my brain. October 24th and July 18th. Do you know that when I was a kid, it gives you an idea of how deep certain things are. I don't mean psychologically, I mean in society. And it, it is interesting to me that it is not an issue today like it was when I was a kid. And, we, you know, wokeness was not even invented yet. But October 24th, I remember because it was my mother's birthday, it was also United Nations Day. And it was actually celebrated. Did, did you know that? Look, look it up. See, see what is Uni- United Nations Day? And I, I remember as a kid thinking, oh, that's a big deal. I didn't know the, the moral rot that the U.N., I'm right, yeah, October 24th, because it's my mother's birthday. I always associated the two. God, United Nations Day. Ah, that's that's really something to celebrate. It's been such a force for good. Was it at a United Nations conference in Durban, South Africa? Was that a UN conference? Yeah. That Israel is a racist state? Here's a sick story for you. Woke Oryx from the, the uh, Daily Mail today. Oregon school chiefs suspend need for high schoolers to prove math, reading, and writing skills to graduate for five more years to bolster minority students who don't test well. So my dear friend, This, of course, goes under the category of everything the left touches. It destroys, in this case, schools and minority students. The the message to minority students in Oregon is, you don't test well, so we won't count the test. Not, you don't test well, so we will educate you better and make scholastic demands on you. No, no. Oregon school chiefs have again suspended the need for high schoolers to prove their math, reading, and writing skills in order to graduate. As if, by the way, they really had, even before, extensive math, reading, and writing skills. Here's a question for you. What percentage of of Oregon high school seniors of any color can explain the difference between it's with an apostrophe and it's without an apostrophe. High school seniors. We need a TikTok there, Sean, because I have posed a quiz question. Very good. Very good, Sean. All right, you can hit the guy over the head. 
So what do you think the percentage is? I think it's under 50%. By the way, not just Oregon. I think it's under 50% in every state of the, of the union. Do you think I'm overstating it? Tell me the difference between it's with an apostrophe and it's without an apostrophe. Just phrasing the question like that, what percentage of high school seniors do you think would answer the question correctly? Here's a real question. What percentage of high school seniors know what an apostrophe is? <laughs> right? Do you know that frequently I will see pieces written by journalists that get its wrong? Now, that's not an esoteric grammatical thing. It's with an apostrophe means it is. It's without an apostrophe does not. This is not complex. The dog ate its food. Okay? That's when you use it without an apostrophe. All you need to say is, would you say, the dog ate it is food? No. (laughs) So when they they have reduced standards in Oregon... You, want, you have to understand that it was reduced from a pathetically low level to begin with. The letters of Civil War soldiers who never went to high school, let alone graduated it or college, are so much more eloquent than what is written by high school students, college students today. When the government took over education, it began to deteriorate. The government runs very few things better than the individual runs them. Very, very few things. I'm really starting to get clear about the villains of American history. Woodrow Wilson is a big one, a really big one. A Democrat, a racist, I mean truly a racist, you know, not in left-wing jargon, we don't agree with you, you're a racist. An honest-to-goodness racist. And huge believer in massive expansion of the state. I have a thought about reparations, then I'll get back to Oregon. I think Democrats should be, should be if you're going to pay reparations, only Democrats should. The Republican Party opposed slavery, opposed Jim Crow. The The Republican Party was the anti-slavery party, the anti-racist party. The Democratic Party has always been the racist party. They should pay the reparations. State Board of Education voted last week to continue the suspension for another five years Amid claims they are unfair on minority students who don't test well. Hmm. In order to earn a diploma, graduating students were previously required to earn standardized test scores indicating proficiency in reading, writing, and math. 
but this was put on pause during the pandemic as standardized tests weren't happening amid school closures. So the, the, the left believed in school closures more than the right. They screwed up kids that way. And then they screw them further by saying, you don't have to gain or you don't have to attain a certain level of proficiency in reading, writing, and math in order to graduate. Well, (laughs) following a unanimous vote, unanimous, Oregon is really sick. It was unanimous? The Oregon State Board of Education last week, the requirement will not be in place for at least the next five years. Fascinating. Oh, man. Now, let me read to you more about this. Opponents of the essential skills requirement argued it was harmful to students of color. Students with disabilities and those learning English as a second language. Would they do this with regard to a driver's test? Would they do this with regard to a pilot's test? Well, United Airlines is. United Airlines announced it's reserving 50% of its pilot school positions to women and minorities. Everything the left touches, it destroys, including minorities' ability to advance. We'll return. So you you see what they're doing to to damage students again? The left's damaging of children is incredible. So for another five years, how you score on the standardized tests of reading, writing, and math won't count toward your graduation. In other words, you could know virtually nothing and graduate. This is the Oregon State Board of Education. So I looked up who is on the Oregon State Board of Education. And shocker of shockers, all women. Stunning. I I couldn't believe it. Of course, you could say anything you want about men. You say men are overwhelmingly the sources of violence, no, nobody bats an eyelash. But if you point out how utterly disproportionately women are hurting children through schools, through hormone blockers, through the robbing of their innocence with drag queen story hours when they're six years old, that if you point that out, then you're a misogynist. You can say anything you want about men. There's toxic masculinity, but there's no such thing as toxic femininity. Of course not, because the left does not hold truth to be a value. So it's really remarkable. I thought there would be one man, but I looked up 
and unless this is erroneous, it says State Board of Education, Oregon State Board of Education. Here are the members according to their website. Guadalupe Martinez Zapata is the chair, female. Uh, oh, well, actually, there is one without a picture. I assume there's one male. Here we go. I don't know why he has no picture. <laughs> uh, let me just make sure. Gustavo Morales. There's another interesting thing is, yeah, he, he, he's a male. He is a Spanish journalist. No, that doesn't make sense. No, that doesn't make sense. That's a different Gustavo Morales. Let me see. Oregon. There we go. Gustavo Morales, executive director of Yuval Cre in or in. Uh, let's see. Let's see if that's correct. Ontario, Oregon. Hmm. Gustavo is the executive director of Yuval Cre an organization that develops the social capital and leadership capacity of community members. Do you understand that? So I asked my, in my, my producer's a very bright man, just for the record. So you didn't understand that. What if, God forbid, you were placed in solitary confinement and were not allowed out till you explained that sentence? Would you remain there the rest of your life? Wow. Can you explain it? Of course not. I I would be, hopefully, with you in solitary confinement, but then it's not solitary. He, It's an organization that develops the social capital and leadership capacity of community members. Gustavo was appointed by Governor Kate Brown to sit on two positions. I see. The Oregon Advocacy Commission Commission on Hispanic Affairs and a board member for the Cultural Development Board for the State of Oregon, Oregon Cultural Trust. Wow. Okay. So he's the one male. The chair is Guadalupe Martinez Zapata. She is one of six siblings and the daughter of working-class parents with the highest aspirations and regard for education and civism. You ever heard that term? Civism? Didn't you just have a civism at the doctor? You, you didn't? It wasn't a civism? Oh, civism is that lump on your skin. that you, It was a civism. I don't know what's... Okay. Guadalupe inherited this love and commitment to education. By the good citizen, I know. I I assume that. Okay, right. It's a new word, though. I presume. And anyway, it doesn't matter. Guadalupe inherited this love. By the way, it's love for, not love to, but doesn't matter. And service, and has made a lifelong career of creating pathways of accessibility and equity for non-traditional student populations. What does that mean? What is non-traditional? Non-white? Is that is that what it means? 
By the way, the term civism. Yeah, the term civism. It comes from the French Revolution. Oh God, that! I'm so happy we we found that out. All right, so she's the chair of this the uh, Destroy Children Commission, known as the Oregon uh, State Board of Education. Next, Libra Forde uh, is a former athlete and business owner. She champions elite personal behavior. She uses her education and elite athletic experience to cultivate thought partnerships that is actionable, manageable, and sustainable. You're back in solitary confinement, my friend. This is the official bios at the Oregon State Department of Education, State Education Department. (laughs) It's really precious. She cultivates thought partnerships that is actionable. By the way, wouldn't, wouldn't it be are actionable? Thought partnerships is plural. Manageable and sustainable. You know, let me say this, Alan, and it comes from my heart. You and I have an actionable, manageable, and sustainable thought partnership. I I could not have put it better than the Oregon Education Department. And I'm going to tell my wife the same thing. Honey... We have an actionable, manageable, and sustainable thought partnership. I, I hope she, she doesn't start tearing up. Hello there, everybody. Dennis Prager, The Ultimate Issues, our third hour every Tuesday. The Middle East has certainly raised some ultimate issues, like why is it true what the Jewish prayer book of the Passover Seder says a line that is probably 2,000 years old. I'll translate from the Hebrew. In every generation, someone arises to annihilate us. And as I always point out, not to persecute, not to enslave, to annihilate. There is no hatred like Jew hatred in the history of the world where the purpose is the annihilation of the Jews. The Nazis did it, and or that was their aim, and they largely succeeded in Europe. And that is the aim of the Iranian regime, one of the most powerful regimes in the world. It's the aim of Hamas, the aim of Hezbollah, and the aim of the Syrian government and others. So that's the ultimate issue today, and I have a guest. I rarely have a guest for the ultimate issues hour, but he's an extremely thoughtful man, one of the most successful playwrights in the United States, and screenwriters and film director David Mamet. And I am delighted that he's here. I wish it was a different topic. I wish it was a happy topic, like bulldogs. Ah, yeah. Now you're talking, yeah. Now, you see, I knew, I knew, I knew I'd hit home that. So before anything, I, because I think it is so bloodily instructive, I want to see if this call, oh, bummer. Un, uh, totally understandably, my screener cleared the lines for the Ultimate Issues Hour, but somebody from Ohio, I hope you're still listening, said that there are no left-wing Jews who are supporting Hamas. And the reason I thought it was so important is, if that is indeed what he called to say, and usually my screeners get it right, 
then this is proof of what I've long said. People believe what they want to believe. Just for the record, uh, here is a piece uh, from, uh, God, the, uh, yeah, here is a piece from France 24, hardly a right-wing organization, not in our name, Jewish New Yorkers speaking out for the Palestinians, and then there was the uh, demonstration in the in, in Washington, uh, where protesters on Capitol Hill against Israel's, quote, genocide in Gaza, war talit. This is from the Israeli news Ynet. Yeah. Liberal organizations, Jewish Voice for Peace, called for ceasefire as hostages held in Gaza, angering Israelis. <clears throat> Reform movement movement responds does not represent the reform movement or a significant portion of the overall Jewish community. Some left-wing Jewish groups in the United States are siding with Hamas in the current war on Israel's southern border. Okay, anyway, I wish he were on so that I could ask him why he thinks that that doesn't exist. David Mamet wrote a piece, was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah, I don't know, one of those two, yeah. Okay, came out yesterday. How the Democrats Betrayed the Jews. I grew up in a tiny Jewish enclave on Chicago's south side. And that's how it begins. And you describe, as I have of my own life, as I've said on my birth certificate, it said Democrat. (laughs) That's right, yeah. And that is not changeable. Sex is changeable. Yeah, of course. But Democratic Party status isn't. That's right. That's right. Well, what happened to the American Jews is, is some of the doctors and the memorials got um, confused because instead of snipping off a little bit of um, foreskin, they took off our cerebral cor- cortex and were incapable of thinking. But the good news today, and I don't know if you saw this because it just came out, is that Hamas said as a gesture of conciliation, they're considering sewing the heads back on some of the babies. Oof, that's dark. that's very dark by the way there is more that's they have actually called in journalists uh, to uh, to see pictures of some of the atrocities that were were committed Uh, I learned yesterday and I've been very careful I have not spoken once about the decapitation because I want to see I believe it as I said but I need to see I would like to see proven evidence because I remember atrocity reports that came out of Kuwait about children and it turns out not to have been true. It's why it's important never to lie. But uh, what v- was verified was gang rape of, uh, of Jewish women, uh, the young women who were at the music festival. And they were so horrible, their pelvises were ruptured yeah. uh, in the gang rapes that were committed. And then they would be stabbed to death. Yeah, well, the, the truth must lie somewhere in between. Oh, well, that, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I hear you. Yeah, that's what I said about uh, uh, 9-11. Maybe the, if yeah. they said, I just want to knock down one of the buildings. Right. Well, you're so right. This notion that, yes, there are two sides. Yeah, sure. So I've talked to you in the past on the air and off the air, and you underwent a metamorphosis because you started out, as most Jews do, Democrat and liberal. What happened? 
what happened is I, I sat down at the kitchen table and I started saying, wait a second, I'm not living my life exactly according to the things that I profess. And then I looked around at all my liberal friends because they were the only friends that I had, and I noticed that neither were they. So then as I kind of rediscovered my Judaism of 30, 40 years ago and started reading the Torah, I started seeing that everything that's happening in the world has always been happening and that everything I was going through as a Jew was what always happened uh, uh, to the Jews, which we always wanted to go back into Egypt. And then it occurred to me that uh, Moses didn't have any trouble with anybody, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Philistines. Only people he had trouble with were the Jews because the Jews always wanted to go back to slavery because that's the human condition. And now we're seeing, as Malcolm X said, the chickens have come home to roost and many Jews who grew up as red diaper babies won't see the light and they would literally rather die than change their opinion. Wanting to go back to Egypt is a very powerful theme. I, I like that. And, of course, it's the human condition. It's, it's obviously not just about Jews, but the Torah is honest that in its depiction of, of the Jews. You're, so for, I'm curious on a personal level. You spoke about your liberal friends. Are you still friends with them? No, one, one cannot be friends with liberals anymore because they cannot be friends uh, with me. Because anything which threatens the most important thing in their life cannot be taken up. And I said in my article, I think it's like, it's like the witches. When they were burning witches in Salem in 1640, 1650, you might be able to say, you know, I don't think Molly Pitcher is a witch. But you couldn't say there are no witches. Because the only people who would say that were, were, were Satanists, so they'd kill you. So the left... Uh, and the Jews and the left particularly have gotten our, our heads so far in the sand that everything is a threat. And if we look at what happened on the 7th of, uh, of the month, it all goes back to the fall of the Second Temple. The Second Temple fell and the Jewish state was done. So for 2,000 years, basically, we've either been slaves or house servants to the West. And when we started getting into... Uh, Germany in the 1820s, 1830s, they say, yes, you can come here, but you, you, have to, you have to, in effect, pass for white. You can't be Jews. You can be Germans of Hebrew extraction, but anytime we feel like it, we're going to take everything you own away from you. So that we've, from 2,000 years of slavery up until the, the formation of the state of Israel, we even internalized the habit of saying, please don't hit me. And the other thing we've internalized, the habit of anybody who lives farther east than us they're the bad guys. Those bad, bad guys in, uh, wearing a Stremel in, in Brooklyn, they're the guys you want. Oh, those Ostjuden living in Poland, they're the guys you want. I'm, I'm a good Jew. Oh, those Jews living in Israel, they're the guys you want. And so now we've come to the place where Jews are supporting the Democratic Party, which is supporting um, anti-Semitism and through funding Iran, the murder of the Jews. We'll be back in a moment. I'm speaking to David Mamet. I mean, you, uh, obviously, they would respond. Didn't Joe Biden condemn vociferously what uh, Hamas did? So you'll have to amplify on your point about the Democratic Party sure. when we come back. David Mamet's piece, How the Democrats Betrayed the Jews, is up at DennisPrager.com. We return. I was born this way. 
My guest is the eminent screenwriter, director, David Mamet, who is... I'm choosing my words here. Who, years, decades ago already, underwent a transformation that I wish all Jews did to realize there is nothing in common between leftism and Jewish values. Nothing, just as there's nothing in common between leftism and liberal values. By the way, what you said was when you said you discovered that you were not practicing what you're preaching. Uh, as I have said to Jews for many years, why don't you preach what you practice? Well, you were practicing conservative. Jews live conservative lives. That's right. But preach leftism for others. That's right. I went to dinner with um, you know all all Jews. Uh, that's all we're talking about anymore because we're, we're under a new Holocaust. And I went to dinner with some uh, people in the neighborhood, and they were talking about the terrible. Um, the West Side, super liberal, super woke uh, private schools, which I've had some kids in them, some kids in public schools. They're just, they're just wretched. They're, you, you're paying the schools for the right to uh, turn your children against you. And the uh, this guy said, he said, well, he said, they were at the school, and he talked about how terrible it was and how bad it was for Jews and how bad it was for sexual indoctrination. And he, the kid is about to graduate in June. I said, why don't you take him out? He said, well, I would, except he's going to college, and I want to make sure that he gets into the college. So I said, where's he going? Well, he's going to Columbia. What's he going to study? Philosophy. I said, well, why don't you give him a lesson in philosophy? that philosophy is the study of the difference between good and evil and the search for truth. And if you want to teach this kid philosophy, take him out of school and go back to Columbia and see if they'll take him or not and if they won't, the hell with him. Because then you're protecting your child rather than saying, I'm going to give him over to the educational establishment and they're going to, uh, and they're going to rape his mind. How did he respond? Well, how how he responded is the way somebody always responds when I, when I talk to them that day. They say, yes, but. Uh-huh. Yes, but. And what was the end of the sentence? Yes, but what? Yes, but, well, we can't do that because he won't get in. So I was talking to Fox today, and I said, well, the idea that you need to send these kids to school to meet people and to get involved in that society is like saying, I, I want to send my daughter into a brothel because she's going to meet a lot of influential men. Right? This is the lost generation that we're looking at, Dennis, and you guys know it. If you send these kids to school and they're going to get radicalized, why? Because either that's the, they don't, they can't um, resist the peer pressure, but more importantly, is because they've been abandoned by their parents and they know it. So sending a kid to these liberal schools that, that promote Jew hatred is like letting Uncle Harry babysit them for the weekend when you kind of know that he's sexually abusing them. But what the hell, where are you going to find a babysitter? Wow. By the way, your line about the brothel was very witty. Thank you very much. I, have I, I actually used to do it for a living. I have my daughter, <laughs> my daughter enter a brothel because she'll be an influential man. <laughs> that does summarize the university. Oh, my goodness. I, I, unfortunately. So that's what I wanted to say which is to my fellow Jews, 
take your kids out of school. Take them out. They're coming home for Thanksgiving. Don't send them back. You figure it out when they get home. Sit down at the table and say, what do you want to do? How are we going to get there? And use your influence and your money to work that out. Take them out of the private schools. Homeschool them. If you got the money to send them to the private school, you got the money to homeschool them. Sit down at the effing kitchen table and say, what do you want to learn? We're going to see that you do it. Because the, the, the federal government and the teachers union didn't only destroy the, uh, the, uh, the black family, it destroyed the white family by supporting these uh, dreadful um, uh, universities. When you, at the, at the uh, end of the last segment, you had mentioned about the Democratic Party and being anti-Israel, and then I said, yeah, but the response will be, look at how Joe Biden has made such a powerful speech about Israel's right to defend itself and and being so how how would you respond? That's called a speech, right? What politician has ever told the truth about anything? Maybe one or two in our lifetimes, uh, uh, you know, by accident. But politicians speak to influence the mass, to vote for them and support them. But he he spent several days after this incredible atrocity in Gaza figuring out how to walk the line between this and that. And then at part of that speech, as he finally spoke, he said one of the most dreadful things I've ever heard. He said to Iran, be careful. That's what he said. That was all he said about Iran. So my question is, be careful what? Not to fund the slaughter of Jews again like you just did? Be careful what? Don't cross this line. You know, Barack Obama had his famous red line, you know, which existed only on a map. So if we say, we say to these, these, these thugs and these, these inhuman murderers, you better be careful because if you do that again, I'm going to call my big brother. What would, what would President Trump have done had this happened under his watch? It wouldn't have happened under his watch. Uh, I believe that. Okay. Wouldn't have happened under his watch because he'd actually brought peace to the Middle East. And you may remember Jimmy Carter. Remember him? They had the hostages in Iran for 444 days. He didn't know what to do. He mafficked about. Ronald Reagan came in. They came back the next day. Because the, cause all that people understand in groups is power doesn't make any sense to send all of these carrier groups there if you're not going to use them. And it doesn't make any sense to say to Iran, you better not do this again while you're funding them. It's as ridiculous as having an open border on the south while having to go through customs at, at uh, uh, JFK. It's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> the millions are sneaking in, or not even sneaking, it's basically open border. Uh, but a family from Germany where they don't allow homeschooling. Uh, did you know that? No. Germany forbids homeschooling. Uh-huh. The left is united in America. They would like to ban homeschooling. Well, of course country. they would. Uh, back in a moment but with David Mamet. The Dennis Prager Show. David Mamet, the illustrious screenwriter, playwright, director is uh, in studio with me and he's sort of fed up uh, and I, and he's right to be with regard to I mean it, it is it is not a misuse of the holocaust to say two things one 
the Iranian regime and Hezbollah and Hamas and tens of millions of Muslim sympathizers would like a Holocaust in Israel. In fact, unlike the Nazis who hid it, they proclaim it. That's a big, important distinction of how bad things are. And the the West uh, has been supportive, but just, I'm going to take a call here that disagrees with me, which I always do, but I just want to remind people, in light of what you said, David, about uh, the Democratic Party, here is the Washington Post uh, today. Obama urges Israel to minimize civilian casualties in war with Hamas. First of all, since when do former presidents speak out on these matters? Well, can I say something about that? Yeah, of course. There's been a, a, a um, continual um, minhag, a custom among American presidents that when they get out of office, they do not politicize. Mm-hmm. They do not. Uh, but Obama got out of office, and he mentioned that, but he said, I'm not speaking out now as an American president, ex-American president, but I'm speaking out as a citizen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, in a, you know, he's, what a what a hypocrite! Right, who happens to have been a president? Exactly so. What a hypocrite! What the hell? But on the other hand, you know, he's always um, he don't like the Jews, he don't like the Americans, and he likes uh, uh, the Arabs. I get it. He's never he's, he's been very clear about that. Well, it is, it is remarkable, as I said from the beginning. <clears throat> ha- ha- can you imagine, let's see, let's try to say a former president in when Franklin Roosevelt was president, can you imagine, and why, and tell, someone needs to tell me why it would be any different, a former president of the United States saying, you know, uh, Britain has to minimize German casualties. Why would that not be an, a, an analogy? Well, there we are. And Biden uh, just said again, and his Pentagon uh, pre- um, spokeswoman said today that the, as far as we will not condone this, we will not condone that, and Israel has to obey the laws of war. Well, w- w- what's that all about? Mm-hmm. What, what about Hamas obeying the Why are they castigating Israel? Because, as Abba Eben said, it's the only country the world expects to act like Christians. Yeah, that was a great line of of a the most eloquent man of his generation. Amen. Okay, so let's go to uh, Carlton, Georgia, and John. Hello, John. Hello, Dennis. Hi. Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you for calling. I enjoy your show. Good. Uh, was that me you were talking about in the lead up to this call about saying that I disagree with you? Oh, I read it wrong. It says media presents half truths. I thought oh, yeah. okay, I thought good. it was Dennis. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, yeah. No. I blew that one. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you out on that. I just wanted to make sure you didn't think yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, no. You were right in in in, uh, in calling me out on that. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, I um, uh, I have a lot of questions about uh, information that's out there, and um, a lot of it, uh, you know, has to do with. Uh, uh with the nature of uh the nature of the Jewish state and the nature of the Palestinian not state but Palestinian you know uh Palestinians 
Uh, and I want to preface this statement by saying, uh, uh, please uh, bear in mind that uh, I have no opposition uh, or necessarily support for the uh, state of Israel, but I have vast opposition to pal- these Palestinian activities. Uh, and so the things that I want to uh, get your perspective on are, I hear you among um, many other uh, uh, media personalities and writers uh, talk about the horrible way that uh, Jews are talked about by Palestinians, and I've seen that myself. It's rampant. You, you, you do not have to look to find horrible uh, dehumanizing statements from Palestinians toward Jews. But uh, why do I not hear you or other writers also talk about the, 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 the dehumanizing statements that come uh, from Jews about the Palestinians? All right, hold on. i got to take a break because uh, it's an important question, and I'll respond. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, Every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.